You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Well, I'm actually very upset that Richard isn't here right now. Mm, same um, here. But coming off of Son of the Mask slash Son of the Richard, <laughs> gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. He wants to take a week off. Yeah, he's been through off. enough. Yeah. yeah. Psychologically, <laughs> he needs to check out of whatever he's doing and uh, just rest his soul. Um, thank you, Richard, <laughs> for your service and commitment to this podcast and to its listener uh, out there. <laughs> For doing that, and um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm due for it. Um, I'm doing growing ups too eventually uh, here. God um, bless you. So Richard lost the bet in March for the March huh. Madness episode um, bet thing, and uh, just did it. So next June, I think, uh, my is my growing ups <laughs> too podcast. I'm really excited for it for losing the summer movie draft. Um, but it, that that was really fun, and I hope the listener enjoyed. The long-awaited son of the mask, but no, Richard's not here tonight. But I'm joined by Brian. Hi, Kent here. Hey, man, what's How's up, it going? Man? I'm glad you suffered through this with me. I'm excited. <laughs> I, this would be this would be a really tough one to do solo and just not curse a lot, right? Like it just turns into we got to tag yeah. that explicit. And no, uh, I it, if I was oh. solo, it would it would have been explicit. Yeah. Y'all y'all might have been fired from whatever job yeah. you have I, just for being associated with me yeah. for uh, yeah. my geostorm <laughs> thoughts. No. Um, I'm excited for this because, man, we let the, we let uh, you, the Mam Fam, on our Twitter mm-hmm. at Mad About Movies, vote on the movie, and um, let the VIPs vote for that. Yeah. Um, so uh, follow us over there if you want um, to be involved in more of what actually happens on the show. But this one, this won the contest. It was going to be this, or it was going to be the Snowman. What a what a <laughs> what a tough choice. That's uh man, I wish I could have done both, right? How pumped was the snowman though? Uh oh, coming man, into, I was this, coming into this bad. weekend yeah. saying, God, we have there's nothing out right now. I mean Blade mm-hmm. Runner is is holding on by a thread still before the, the fanboys are still going and seeing it the second time or whatever. I still hear a lot of conversation about that one. And uh it is still out in the theaters too, Brian. You can still go. <laughs> I I could I could yeah sure. <laughs> How many times have you walked by when you're walking into Geostorm? Did you see it and you're just like maybe I should just go? It'd be a better experience. It'd be less scarring actually. Yeah, it probably would be less scarring. I might not be able to sleep, but at least I could feel good about my life choices. Maybe perhaps <laughs> yeah. I did this week when I went to see Geostorm. I got on the old Fandango app, and uh, if Fandango wants to be a sponsor, hit us up. We'd love to love to work something I out. But I hit the that. app. And my local theater that I go to pretty much every every movie, uh, they only had like two showings left of it. So I was like, oh, thank God. Maybe one more week and I won't even have to see the poster anymore. It'll be, it'll make it through it'll be awesome. And it'll I'll get a little bit Halloween. of a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get a break until the Blu-ray comes out and then the dadgum commercials will start again and just it'll be right back to my nightmare. Yeah, we've got Jigsaw coming out really mm. soon. So that might Can't boot wait. it out for the, the horror movie um, that gets booted. <laughs> will probably be that. Yeah, it. So, yeah, go to the theaters in the next week or two if you haven't seen it in the theaters. It's one that you'll want to see in the in the in the theater. Um, it was very well shot, and if you're looking for scary, uh, did a pretty good job. Very creepy, very creepy. Yeah. Um, so excited to talk about Geostorm. A little bit later, we got stuff to talk about. We got movie news. We got movie rumblings. 
um, we've got shout outs and Brian mm. has lined those up. So mm. shout some mm. people out real quick and we'll get into uh, some movie. News. Okay. If you want to be part of uh, part of the shout out crew, you need to go to, to Patreon or go to our website, madamamoviespodcast.com. Hit the Patreon link. You can sign up to uh, to join our VIP club and get access to all kinds of fun stuff like bonus episodes and throwbacks and polls where you get to choose what terrible movie we're going to watch and, and things like that. And you get your name shouted out on the air. So here's a list of 10 lovely names that I am excited to announce are part of our VIP club. So shout out to Benjamin Burge. Amanda Dixon, Joe Flannery, Yo. Michael Hauk. Uh, Mike, Mike's my boy. What's up, Mike? My boy, Mike. Uh, Samuel Joyner, Sean mm-hmm. Lowry, mm-hmm. Tony Nichols, Anthony Perez, Josh Schweike, and Nick Stanley. Nick That's Stanley. a good list. That that That's after party list. is going to be mm. it's going to be off the chain. It's going to be lit dope. tonight. At the, uh, Nick Stanky. I'm sorry. I couldn't read my own handwriting. Nick Stanky. Sorry, which Nick. Which is a better, better name. Better name than Stanley, honestly. Much better <laughs> name. So, thank you to those people. And yeah, we had some fun bonus episodes come out over there. We had a Close Encounters episode just drop over there. We had, you guys did an NBA preview recently mm-hmm. for the NBA season. Um, and we're about to ship out our shirts, our exclusive shirts that yes. those people get when you sign up. Um, so it starts at a dollar a week for all that content and, um, that's it. And if you want to do that, that's great. Um, but we're here to talk Geostorm tonight for everybody, for the world oh, yes. to hear. Um, <laughs> the world needs our healing right now right. because of this. For the people. Yeah. We're, we're here to get through this together, together. Um, but there's luckily Brian, when it's just you and I on the show, that can really only mean one thing. Oh, is there Star Wars the news? The official podcast of Star Wars <laughs> oh. is back. Uh, there's stuff to talk about. Um, we haven't broken the news to the man fam. If you only get your movie news through us, which I'm sorry <laughs> if you do. There are probably people out there that do. We're, I like we, the idea. We probably that, led you astray yeah. so many times. So I, many times. I can't believe oh. you're still around. Um, yeah. I like the idea that there's somebody out there who's just... Who just uh, doesn't get any, doesn't have Twitter, doesn't have any like websites, just has the podcast app, and this is his only movie podcast, and this is where he gets all his news from. Oh, I like this idea. I do not yeah. like that idea. I feel bad for that yeah. person, but I but I like the idea anyway. Okay, it's a good bit. Yeah. Um, we haven't announced officially the uh, the title, the title of the long-awaited Han Solo movie that mm. we've been waiting and waiting for. So, without further ado, the title. Of the Han Solo movie is Solo. Mm. Whoa, nice, Solo. nice promo- oh, promotional Sol- tie in there with the uh, Solo. I'm excited for the cup to get his shot. You know, this it's, is pretty big. It's actually Solo. Oh, that's the cup. That's good. That's a good joke. <laughs> that's that's funny. So so many so many bro country uh, music videos. For the cup. Now he's getting his chance. I good yeah. for the cup. Come on. All right. Um, it's actually. It's actually Solo, uh, colon, a Star Wars story, I mm. should say. Um, I thought it was going to be Solo, a smuggler's tale or something super cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. so they just, it's basically just Solo, which is, uh, which is fine, I yeah, guess. Sure. Maybe sure. predictable. It's like mm-hmm. when, when we're talking about this long awaited Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, it's, everyone calls it Kenobi which is probably what it'll be called. They'll still say right. the president and they'll, they'll mm-hmm. do Yoda and then they'll do Boba, Boba mm-hmm. Fett or whatever. And they'll just, 
Boba, Boba Fett, T, a Star, a, mm-hmm. a, a Star Wars story. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, IG-88, a Star Wars story. You know, just every movie. <laughs> okay, now we're see. talking. Yeah. Well, you know, Trash Can Droid, a Star Wars story, you know. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, we did a ranking of the droids last time yeah. Star Wars came out last year. You and, did. Um, you did. Star Wars Rogue One is going to call for some kind of retrospective of some kind. Whether it's a throwback episode for the VIPs or something, well, it's, we're gonna have to talk Star Wars one more time before the Last Jedi uh, mm. comes out. So that'll be a good time. Uh, maybe it is revisiting Rogue One. Who knows? Who knows? Um. So yeah, Solo. Does that disappoint you? Um. I would say it's underwhelming. If anything, it's definitely yeah. just fine. It's not mm-hmm. a great title. It doesn't doesn't. Uh, didn't make many headlines other than the fact that they announced it. Uh, it wasn't. Like the Last Jedi, when everyone's like, "What the last? Yeah. What? You know all these? Uh, what does it mean? Kind of things." Um, so yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's where I'm at too, and and that's and I'm good with that. Like, I don't need. I think I'm on record as uh, I, underwhelming title better than bad title, right? Like, I don't, I don't want. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's the Jurassic Park? Is don't it called like La- it. Last Kingdom or something like Fallen that? Fallen Kingdom. Know. Fallen Kingdom. That sounds too Transformery. Mm-hmm. Transformers all have terrible. So us uh, uh, semicolon names or, or colon slash whatever names. I, I just that don't was, need that. that I don't need that one. stuff. So solo. Yes, it's it. Does it inspire me? No, but it also didn't make me cringe. So that's fine. That's all I care about at this point with with that yeah. sort of nonsense. I'm a little bit more worried about this movie than I am about the title and what that mm-hmm. points sure. to. Uh, they just finished the movie uh, filming it. That mm-hmm. is principal photography, <laughs> and um, that was a very extensive second leg of principal photography it's gonna be uh, interesting to hear what the movie was before ron howard came on board and what it was before and how much they kept and all that mm-hmm. stuff because Let i'm me, willing to say they probably redid 90 percent. i would have to guess right let me ask you this so yeah. we're we're big star wars fans i don't know i don't know if the listeners know that but uh we're big you and i big star wars fans um so for like force awakens I was nervous right as the movie started because it just hit me of like, what if this isn't good? I was really confident about it, but right at the last second, I got really nervous about what uh, what would happen to my life if this was if this was bad. Rogue One, I was a little lower on expectation, and also for me, it was it was a lesser film. What's like not necessarily an over under, but maybe that's the best way to look at it as at just from a grade standpoint. What's the over under? For you at this point, knowing what we know about Solo, a Star Wars story, what's the over under of like where it's an acceptable grade for you? Like, where are you going to draw the line as like, I'm not going to be disappointed. And if I'm not going to be disappointed if it's this grade and if it's better than that, then I'll be, you know, happily excited or whatever. If it's any lower than this, I'm disappointed. What's what's the grade for you? I would say if it's any lower than a a B, I'm Mm. disappointed. Because you don't yeah. you don't revisit that iconic character unless it's good, if not yeah. great. It has to be a good movie, um, sure, in order to justify it. If, I, yeah. if, if yeah. it's not a good movie, if if uh, you know Lord and Miller were doing their thing and they're you know shooting it like they shot Twenty One Jump Street and Woody Harrelson's hanging out and smoking weed all day and everyone's <laughs> just, it's just this big party and everyone's like this isn't how it's supposed to be kathleen kennedy comes in shaking her fist and is like this is not what i want our star wars movie to be then you should have shelved it and just said it's not going to work we'll do something later um 
that's my worry is that they're just trying to salvage something that's unsalvageable and that this is going to make people angry and they're not going to understand Alden Ehrenreich, even though we are, we, we, you know, we like all the choices they've made so far with yeah. uh, the cast and everything. But um, I wouldn't say this is a movie for the average Star Wars fan and it's going to piss off the fanboys if anybody, and you don't want to piss off Star Wars fanboys. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of worried that it's going to be, a wasted opportunity. I, I do feel like they told some kind of untold story with, uh, with rogue one, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but the question is how much of Han's, Han's story do you want to leave kind of out there and people leave it up to their own interpretation? For example, they're going to show how he apparently how he, you know, did the, uh, Parsec Kessel run thing. Uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be a scene in the movie, um, that they've teased and also how he wins the Millennium Falcon in the bet, you know, in the game of, with, uh, Lando or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. So there's moments that have been mentioned uh, throughout the Star Wars movies that is kind of in passing that you were like, man, uh, Harrison Ford in that was probably pretty cool when he was uh, negotiating with Jabba and got himself into all this trouble. Uh, right. Not necessarily we don't need to see it necessarily. So mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I'm nervous about, and uh, that's pretty much it. But yeah. um, if it's Star Wars and it's a B plus, yeah, I'm going to be very, very happy um, with that. So that, right. that's my my under is, is probably a B, Brian. If the, yeah, I'm a, this is a B I'm a minus, little, I'm, I'm upset. Yeah, yeah, I'm even. I'm a little bit higher than you. Like I need a B plus to come out okay. feeling satisfied okay. at least. But I also am a. I think I'm a little less worried than you are as well. And I don't think. I feel like people. My biggest concern more than anything else is like if this movie comes out and it's not good, or let alone that it, you know it actually it stinks. I just feel like you're gonna get. I don't know, six months of horribly written think pieces about what this means for the movie industry <laughs> and and like is Star Wars past its prime and all this kind of crap. And it's when all we're going to be able to say is like, look, this movie didn't work. It's one movie. Like, I'm not worried about where this takes the Star Wars universe, like what direct it's not going to, mm-hmm. to me. This there's no way even if this is like an F minus minus minus, it can't tank the Star Wars universe for me. But I don't want to deal with the the foolishness of all those think pieces i want to at least be able to say this is stupid when people are writing those think pieces and not have to be like well i guess you've got a point at the moment or i can't say anything so for me i i'm I'm looking for a b plus and if i can just if i can get that i'll be i'll be i'll be fine and i i I expect it i think i think ron howard uh you you use the word salvage a lot i think ron howard is the type of guy who can find the pieces that you need to make this movie work if not excel and at this point None of us are expecting this is going to be the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. So it, can it just be – can it be fun? Can it be something to that we can enjoy going to a couple of times and that I can add to – that I don't feel embarrassed about? Then fine. I'm good with that. you know. And we'll move on to, to episode nine pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, but to me with these Star Wars story movies, these are – they're going to throw stuff against the wall. Not all these are going to be great, mm-hmm. you know. I, they're, it's, they're just not. These movies are made for Netflix. Rogue One is front and center on Netflix right now. Right. They're not putting Force Awakens on Netflix. I'm sorry, <sighs> not here at least, not in the U.S. I know it probably has other places, but it just they're going to take risks, and some of them's going to some of them are going to work, and some of them aren't. If the second one they make works, and then but that means. Uh, the third and fourth and fifth work better because they failed that one time, then that's fine mm-hmm, with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a lot more, more worried about, 
you know, the, the, the prospect of Colin Trevorrow being in charge of episode nine than I would be about this Han Solo movie working out. Mm, um, sure. That, that, that definitely worried me. And, and the fact that they've moved on from that and JJ's there and we solid, I'm good there. So that's what, yeah. that's what I care about the most with Star Wars. So we're good. Sure. We're all good. So, wow. Um, a little bit of news, I guess. That was worth 15 minutes or whatever we just <laughs> spent on doing that. Um, we have some X-Men news regarding the director, finally, for Gambit. This <clears throat> this is a movie that was rumored for a long time, and, you know, a long time meaning like five or seven years with yeah, Channing Tatum, yeah. and hasn't happened and ha- has had a lot of people on board. Um Doug Lyman was on board at one point. Matt Reeves, who did Planet of the Apes, was on board at one point. And now, for the 2019 release, Gambit is um, confirmed to have Gore Verbinski of Rango mm. fame. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mm. should say Pirates of the Caribbean, but um, Gore Verbinski. Sure. Mm. I guess. I guess. I'm on board for Gambit. I know I'm in the minority on this. Gambit was my favorite X Men. Yeah. X Men growing up. Do I say X Men or X Man? I don't. I don't ever know favorite, what to do. He with was it. your favorite X Man. Yeah, he was my favorite X Man. I love. Would you say X Woman? I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, could be. Sure. My my favorite X. I don't know. I don't know. Regardless, he was my favorite growing up. I'm a huge Channing Tatum fan. Um, I think this is filmable. I think it could be a lot of fun. I don't like Gore Verbinski. I'm not super sold on that as the guy who's going to finally carry this through to the promised land. Um, so I'm not, but he's also, it's not like they got, I don't know, UA bowl or something. So it's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. there. It could happen. It's, I'm not, I'm not against it. I just, that's a really uninspiring choice for me as director. So I would have well, preferred something different. You've not seen mouse hunt. I mean, <laughs> the Lone Ranger. Right, there we go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. People have forgotten how awful The Lone Ranger is. It got swallowed up in all the other awful movies, but that is a hair. I mean, to to give some some frame of reference in case you don't you don't remember that year was the same year that Now You See Me came out. And we talk about Now You See Me all the time. The Lone Ranger is significantly worse to me. Like that was my number one wor- bad movie of the year. So, uh in whatever 2013 2013, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this boy, that's a, that's a, that's a rough film, but so yeah, like I, I'm not, I don't want, I don't really need Gore Verbinski making my movies, but, but I, I'll <laughs> stay, I'll stay on the, I'll stay on the Gambit train. I'm, I believe in Channing Tatum and, and I, and I like Gambit, so I'll, I'll write it out. I'll try. I'll do my best. Yeah. So they're officially speaking of Channing Tatum, uh, they're doing a men in black movie, another one. But it's not going to be the Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Gosh, but if, if only. Ugh. Yeah, it's, they're not doing that. Um, they're going to make, get this, a Men in Black movie without that premise and without Will Smith. And they're just going to mm. throw the name Men in Black on there and see what happens. Nope. So we'll see. I'm out. It, it sounds like Ghostbusters answered the call a little bit to me. <laughs> they're just going to. Well, best movie of the year. They're going to rely on the name and the property instead of the people that made that name great. So, Mm. you know, it's a mistake. It's going to be Tommy Lee Jones in a cameo or something like that. So 
I don't know if I'm on board with Men in Black without Will Smith, to be honest. No, no, not certainly not without some kind of handoff, right? Like I need I need him passing the torch to the 21 Jump Street guys or something. Yeah. Like I, you can't just I you can't just start in there. Yeah, I, I mean, can't but you, can't, you can't Lee. just yeah, Jones. you can't you can't do that. You can't just be like, oh, it's fine. We don't need. We don't need Will Smith. We don't need the reason why this movie worked. By the way, that movie worked 20 years ago. So, I, yeah. you know, it's yeah. – what are we going to do? I don't know the name of it. What What is the name of this new um, Men in Black movie? Oh, Untitled Men in Black spinoff. Mm, spinoff. That's my favorite so, title. Yeah. 2019. Uh, I like movies that are just untitled yeah. spinoff. That's good. Makes me happy. <laughs> and uh, Captain Marvel, I think we have a – confirmed mm. release date for that too 2019 we, we got a, a villain for that too i think and uh, a rumored villain rumored. yeah um this one feels like it's been in the pipeline for a long time though yeah it has it's, it's it does feel that way um uh, I'm, I'm big on i'm big on the casting i like brie larson samuel yep. jackson's gonna be fun and then and it sounds like we've got a villain coming so it sounds like ben mendelson is gonna yep. fill that role and i love I love me some Ben Mendelsohn, so that'll be fun. Gonna be good. It's the same year as Shazam, not mm. the Sinbad genie movie that uh, has been rumored. Gosh, have you heard about this Mandela, uh, Mandela effect of on the on Shazam? Where no, there's like a half the population remembers a movie from the '90s starring Sinbad called Shazam. Oh, okay, okay. Apparently it happened in an alternate universe that... So like the the Berenstain Bears thing. The Berenstain Bears thing, right. Yeah. And the Nelson Mandela thing where half the population swore that he died like 20 years before he died. Uh, No one... (laughs) He only died like a few years ago and everyone was... But everyone thought, you know, that he did. So it was crazy. Um, There's there's a rumor about that, but that's uh, funny. So the actual Shazam starring The Rock... Which based okay. off of something in Captain Marvel or something, there's some kind of connection there apparently. Mm-hmm. So two Captain Marvel esque, um, some uh, source material coming out in 2019. It's but good. It has the Rock. So yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, did you see uh, in the Geostorm screening or another screening this this final Justice League trailer? Oh, dude. Oh my I lord, just... dude. I. Oh man, <laughs> it's so fun to to see those with an audience. Oh because yeah, the, the, yeah. the title Justice League comes over the screen, and it and I and you're in a you know they had maybe five or eight trailers before the movie, mm-hmm. so you hear reactions to all different kinds of movies and different trailers and how the energy of the room is during those mm-hmm. and. The energy just uh, non-existent for Justice League, and, and I mean dead silence, like yeah, dead. like not one even like exhale. Yeah, like, I had no uh, it's it's in, it's concerning. It really right is. in my screening, I thought I texted you guys about it, but now I think I texted our friend Ariel instead. But there was one person in my Geostorm screening uh, sitting a couple rows ahead of me who laughed when the. Uh, when the Flash asked Bruce Banner, like, what's, or not Bruce Banner, excuse me, Bruce Wayne, what's your superpower? And he goes, I'm rich. One person, uh, row or two in front of me, laughed. So I, I immediately got up and reported him to security, obviously. I was just like, we gotta, we gotta, somebody's a terrorist. We gotta make sure that this gets taken care of. Somebody keep an eye on this guy. But, uh, yeah, it was, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Yeah. 
It's not good, man. Yeah. It's not good. And the only this this bums me out so much. The only the only thing that I'm excited about regarding Justice League at this point. And okay, I could be proven wrong. It's I'm I'll go in with an open mind like I do with every movie. Please don't start emailing and complaining about this. But the only thing that I am excited about coming in is that it's only an hour and a half or only two hours long and not four hours long like Batman. It's really only two hours? Yeah, they're saying it's like right under two hours. I think it was like 119 minutes or something like that. So, but there's some debate about that. So it may end up being says two hours, one minute. Oh, and I okay. I mean, that's that's something. To, that, yeah. that is one positive that Batman v Superman they, they did not have going for it. Eisenberg completely out of the movie. So that's Halloween. 25. Well, there's two things. There's two things yeah. that I'm excited about then. Yeah. <sighs> you don't, you didn't like his Lex Luthor oh portrayal? Oh, gosh. J. Oh Daniel Atlas puts his own spin <laughs> on a supervillain. Um, the, the, the trailer, though, it looks as if they just – they put – the Justice League on green screens for seven it's months. So I mean, it, it looks so bad. Like so much CG. The Aquaman stuff with the water all around him and flying I, I don't with under- the trident and all. I just it doesn't translate. I don't, under- I don't understand the physics yeah. of Aquaman. Like it does, I don't understand how that works. But re- regardless, if <laughs> this tainted Wonder I've, Woman's reputation already, yeah, I, mean, I can already I, sense it. It's like I just oh. I feel like I feel like this movie could come out and it could have the tightest script. And the greatest performances and awesome casting, which we know the casting is not great just to begin with. But regardless, even if it had great scripting, great action sequences, great cast, all this stuff, just aesthetically, just the look of that film would make me grade it out poorly just because it looks horrible. It looks like a a video game from 2004. I don't – I don't understand how – I don't understand how a studio could make a movie look like that with that budget in 2017. It doesn't guy, make any sense name? to me. Yeah, Cyborg. Cyborg Ooh, he looks bad. awful, Ooh. man. It looks awful. And it, sometimes you can tell in a trailer where you can be like, well, it hasn't been – what was uh, – maybe Interstellar maybe? Or no, uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Occasionally you can – you see a trailer that looks like the rendering hasn't been completed yet or you know some of the sound is going to be different and and you can you can kind of say oh, okay this can get cleaned up you can't i just don't there's no way you can clean up the look of that movie because it's i mean it's every frame is shot and what you said can't like that exact same awful looking green screen kind of way i i just i don't understand i don't understand how that can be done in in an era when a movie like i don't know like a ghost story can look as great as it does for mm-hmm. about $50,000 and maybe shot with an iPhone. And then you have justice league that's budgeted at like $250 million and, you, and it looks like that. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how that works, how, how that gets through the process of making a film in a studio situation. What does this do for, and we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, but what does this do for Aquaman <sighs> saying that they're already deep into the production of that? And what if this yeah. flops and everyone hates Aquaman in this? Well, it, and you're already in that. In, there, you don't just because they're in the Justice League. Just, this does not mean that they have to have their own movie. To, yeah, this spinoff well, movie, especially announced and in production before yeah. we even we even care. Um, yeah. I just just do it. You could do it the opposite way of introduce the characters and then do the Justice League. Once you do this, I don't. I don't need a flash movie. I hope, no. hope to 
you know, everything that I live for that we don't have to sit through one. <laughs> so, right, man, this trailer yeah, was bad. And, as and, always, and I man. Had, I hadn't seen this, you know, and we're going to wrap this up. And we're going to talk about Geostorm, so it's going to be great. But right. um, I, It's only going up from here, yeah, guys. We're going to move on to a better topic. Um, but I hadn't seen this last trailer. I think you guys sent it to me, and I, I don't know. I was just like, I know what it is. And then I did. I this one was new to me too. Yeah. With the yeah. with the crowd reaction, it's just oh man, I I'm dreading that weekend of going yeah. and seeing it, and then having to talk about it, and getting 25 emails from mm-hmm. somebody from from Shane. And, and again, yeah. going in with an open mind. If this is an A plus, <laughs> like I gave Wonder Woman an A. Okay, right? I, yeah, I didn't expect wrong. that at all. I yeah, gave Wonder Woman an Same A. Here. Okay. Same here. Um, even though, um, it's part of this. Uh, if it's good, I'm willing to say that, and right. uh, I will right. be the first to admit when I'm wrong on this show. Believe me. Right. So, um, wow, the trailer was not encouraging, and I'm done. I'm done. It just looks awful. When does it come uh, out? Two weeks. November seventeenth. Uh, yeah. November seventeenth. We'll have weeks. Batman Shane on to join us, and and he's excited. So he's I, he's legit I got, excited. I, will I know. Say, I love the, it. The he's not. He's cool he's with, in. Uh, it's yeah. It's, I like it's the poster. Fun. I don't. Um, I hate the pose. I hate that dumb logo. I think it's awful. I don't understand. Like that's. I kind of like the logo. <laughs> I hate that logo. I, it makes it's me want to vomit. It's simple. No, no. It looks like it, it looks like a hostage letter in a '90s action movie. It's terrible. Wait, which, which, all the, which one are you talking about? The different, the different like fonts for the letters no, and stuff. I'm talking about oh, the. Gosh. Uh, I'm talking about. It's just a. It's yeah. It's no. It's the same picture with like. Uh, all the Justice League members, but it just says Justice League like white font. Over. Oh, I haven't that's seen it. that. I've only go to seen the IMDb. Janky... It's like the main photo for the movie. Oh gosh, um, the one that says uh, "You can't save the world alone" with all the logos okay. on there. Yeah. Okay, yes, that is that is better. I still don't like it, but it's better. Like it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, it's the simple. one, the one I'm talking about. If you go to the like I know at what the you're theater, about. the one that says yeah. "You can't save the world alone" with all the. <laughs> All the uh, oh, logos. Oh gosh, yeah, the different fonts makes me want to vomit. It's so bad. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand Warner Brothers at all. But uh, anyway, I don't know what that means. You can't save the world alone because <laughs> Superman can. Yeah, he can just fly back. Only can stop guys. Time, he can so. save the world. Yeah, but you killed him. So and they're definitely he's, stretching. He's not it. coming back. They're right? stretching we, it with this bat symbol as the E. <laughs> like, where can we put the bat? How about the E of the? It's like the fattest. That's still the worst Batman symbol of all time, by the way. So steroided out. It's just like a fat blob. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. like anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I'm done until for two weeks. A couple more weeks, man. (laughs) A couple more weeks. All right. Uh, We didn't talk box office, and I should say, uh, boo, a Medea's Halloween 2 topped the Mm -hmm. weekend. So. We should have seen that, probably. So, so <laughs> might have been better. Again, yeah. What a weekend, man. Can, can we talk about... I know people get tired when we talk about Rotten Tomatoes too much, but, like, <laughs> opening this weekend, Tyler Perry's Boo 2, 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Snowman, 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Geostorm, 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like that's, I didn't know the Snowman was that bad. Ooh, oh, yeah, we were planning on doing the snowman. Just a little inside yeah, baseball. Yeah. That's been on the calendar for the last couple months. I expected it was going to be good. Like in my Rotten Tomatoes prediction game that we're doing on the newsletter, I predicted it at like seventy two percent or something. Like Ooh. I thought for I thought it was going to be. I did. I thought this is a movie that I'm not going to like just because of the content, but that it would be you know well received. And I was, 
I was wrong. We were all very, very wrong about that one. 8%. Oof. It's not great. By the way, also, Happy Death Day, which I saw and yeah, um, want yeah. to talk about with somebody at some point. But um, fun little movie. Okay. Fun little horror throwaway, not too long, doesn't take itself too seriously, slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that that when I was talking about what horror movies are out right now and what would get bumped when for it, um, Happy Death Day will probably stay around and then Jigsaw will come out. So, yeah, it'll probably be gone very soon. I need to probably see it again this week if I'm going to. Mm. So, um, having said that, Medea Halloween 3, boo, coming soon to a theater near you. Um, and on that note, Can't wait. we're going to take a break and we'll be talking Geostorm in two seconds. Hey guys, Kent here on behalf of our new sponsor of Mad About Movies, Warby Parker. I've needed glasses my entire life. In fact, I should probably wear glasses all the time. The problem is, I just didn't like any of the glasses that I had. None of them fit correctly. They stretched out on my face. They got scratched. They didn't look good. They weren't stylish. Well, that's where Warby Parker comes in. Warby Parker has solved all of my glasses' needs. They honestly couldn't have made it easier for me to pick out a pair of glasses that I love. Their free try-on program is game-changing. What you do is you go into Warby Parker's website, you order five pairs of glasses, and you can try them on for five days. They send them to your house, you can wear them to work, you can wear them out, you can try on different styles, different pairs. You can find the glasses that are right for you. Once you decide on what glasses you want, you go online, you enter your prescription, you order your glasses right there. Glasses start at only $95. The lenses are anti-glare, anti-scratch, and for every pair you buy, pair is donated to someone in need. So pick out your glasses now, Warby Parker. That's W-A-R-B-Y Parker.com slash Matt. And download Warby Parker's app on iTunes for an even easier ordering experience. Check out my glasses on my Twitter, at Kent Garrison. I went with the Toffee Fade Barnett's, and I could not be happier. Love me some Warby Parker. Help out yourself. Help out the show. Help out someone in need. Thanks, Warby Parker. I don't know, Brian, should... Do you want to start this off, or should, should I? Or? I, mean, I oh man, do you want this the first is, word, or do you want do you want to comment on my first word? That's the that's the thing. Well, I, I want you, you to get the first word. Actually, <laughs> I like that we both were like, please, someone else talk yeah. about this movie. Um, this is uh, this is not a good movie, Kent. I don't like <laughs> it's, the end. It's just you know sometimes. Sometimes you think you know, like the trailers for these are not good. This is not a good trailer. Clearly, this is not a good movie. Um, you probably don't have to go any further than just looking at the cast to imagine that this is not going to be um, like a really tight production. You know, the director is the guy who's just been producing, uh, <laughs> some producing of some of the best movies that. Uh, that the world has ever of the 90s. Has ever known. 20 yeah, years, 25 years ago, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's, just, he's taking some time off and just needs to get back to the game. Just needs to get back in it. Right. It's just not a great... <laughs> it's not a great plan, I think, in my opinion. Like, it's not... I, I do not... I'm not of the opinion that only... <laughs> I just... That only uh, directors that we know should be able to direct. Obviously, that's stupid. That would be a very dumb thing to say. Um... But I don't think it's a great idea when you take someone who has been producing and or writing 
Uh, movies that aren't great to begin with, but maybe you're just within a certain genre or a certain style and then saying, well, he's he's been producing these. He could he could probably write and direct it, too. Right. Like we don't really need Roland Emmerich to do Geostorm. We could just have the guy who's been producing his movies do it. And, I, you know, I have no clue what the backstory is on this. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Nolan or Roland Emmerich was just like, I've got to give my dude a shot. We got to get him some time. But it 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 feels like when <laughs> it feels like in sports when um a team hires a instead of hiring like a retread coach, like we don't I don't want to go find Marty Schottenheimer. Okay, cool. Well, let's find the new cool uh, offensive coordinator. Well, I don't really want to do that. What if we hired like the defensive backs coach who's never coach, never been a head coach anywhere or a coordinator or anything. And he's really only been on the job for a few months, but let's get, let's do that. Let's go that route. Cause I, he has a, he had a good interview. Um, he seems like the type of guy that can, that can pull it off. And it just so clearly becomes, you know, that he just doesn't, he's out of his league. doesn't know what he's doing. This is, I feel like that's what happened with Geostorm. This feels like a movie that was built with the idea of, we're going to hire a Roland Emmerich type to, uh, to put this to screen and then, and then Roland pass. And he says, but you know, who you should hire is my buddy, Dean Devlin. And, uh, you know, he could probably write it too while we're, while we're at it. And then, then they add like, (laughs) is there a cast? I could, I I really tried to think of, (laughs) Who I would even replace in this? If you were making Geostorm, and you knew that Geostorm was going to be an absolute disaster of a film and just be just a <laughs> terrible movie, is there uh, anyone is else who you would have assembled? Yeah, if exactly. You wanted it to yeah. fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You, yeah, There's... wouldn't you choose Gerard Butler and Jim Sturgis <laughs> and Abby Cornish? Like, it's just perfect. There is not one person. <laughs> I hope, God, I hope, who was at home and was like, God. You know who I really wish was in a movie right now? <laughs> Gerard Butler. And alongside him, you know who I really miss? Jim Sturgis oh, from 21 Sturgis. and Across the Universe. Jim we Sturgis is in a front to movies. I don't uh, – I, I can't stand that guy, um, man. It's, I just – I we live in a world – this is just shocking to me. Can't, like there's things that I don't understand, and I don't understand how we get to certain places – within our pop culture and our political system and all these like you just look back and like how did we get here we let jim sturgis be a thing for like 10 years we've just let him be in movies and has he one time brought something to the screen that is a value it's 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 amazing to me but go on sorry (laughs) uh this movie brian to answer your question a bit (laughs) uh film shed some light on this film (laughs) yeah you're right this principal photography began <laughs> in 2014. Oh, no. In October. Mm. Just to flash back for you, Brian, this is around <laughs> the time of the Dez catch non catch. Mm. That's Was when they started filming yeah. this movie. That feels like nine years ago to me, <laughs> 2014 does. And so if this is going to happen um, now, this movie was shelved first. Um, it first was made and then you got very poor reaction from test screenings and things like that. They did a couple of weeks of reshoots. They spent more money on this. It's a good idea. More bloated, tried mm-hmm. to fix it. Still didn't get good reviews. Um, to me, this movie seems like it was probably going to be a tentpole film for the studio. 
In fact, they shifted, um, <laughs> believe it or not, Beavis, Batman v Superman, <laughs> Dawn of Justice, uh, around with this one. And they shelved, you know, other movies for this and vice versa. This movie actually changed release dates, I think, four times before it ended up in Gosh. October of 2017. So this movie was supposed to be a tentpole summer blockbuster for them. Um, there was a movie a couple of years ago called Into the Storm, I think. Um, remember that movie? Yeah, Into the Storm, 2014 actually. So when that movie failed in 2014, okay, yeah, before I this, this before right. this movie came even started, I guess, uh principal photography, they this they kind of shed some light. And that was a 50 million dollar budget uh, on it was almost the same trailer, like with the big storms and crazy Jeez. 10 tornadoes at once set to this uh I think it was a pop song. I think this this trailer was I see skies. Uh, uh, you're right. You're totally right. Oh my gosh, I forgot that's about the same that. movie. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, why are they doing this again? But with Gerard Butler, uh, I understand that there was a market for Independence Day. Uh, I feel like we're past that kind of as this. And this is my problem with this movie. Um, is that it not exists. that it exists? Yep. Not, not that that exists, exists, Brian. Because there's a market for. Let's face it. The, the main market for movies are, is people who don't know what they're seeing and don't <laughs> are the Transformers crowd. I mean, that's that, that is the target sure. target audience. The blockbuster and China. Yes. That's who this is for. This is for the average person who sees the trailer and goes to one movie every four months or whatever it is or, or what movie a year. So um, I think it worked for that as far as getting somebody interested in it, uh, despite it having the cast that it has, I just can't, I'm, I'm just shocked at the studio system. That's that mm-hmm. I thought this was a good idea. And yeah. This is dead on arrival. If mm-hmm. we had done this bet in the summer and, you, and we're betting on movies, we should do this. The opposite of the summer movie draft or we're betting on, okay, this is going to fail. This is definitely going to fail. Sure. We're betting on like, it's like a golf score. If you, whoever has yeah. the lowest score wins at the end, um, yeah. we should do that. I would have definitely circled this one as going to fail. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Look, just look at the look at everything involved. It's gonna and it did, and I didn't even see it, and I knew like it, it, there are certain things that are should be obvious to anyone with any knowledge of how people think when they go see a movie. And this failed on everything. It took itself way too seriously. You can mm-hmm. make a movie about the weather and about satellites and crazy storms and make it fun. I mean, think of if, if this movie was a little bit more fun. If it had a decent script, I mean, I mean decent. This is a this is one of the worst scripts I've ever that's oh, ever yeah. been put on the screen oh, yeah. ever in the yeah. history of cinema. I'll say that yeah. right now. It's one of the worst scripts, and I'll I'll point out some lines later that are just like wow, gosh. Um, but if this movie was okay, say it had a David Kep writing it or somebody with some kind <laughs> right, of right, right. You know, yeah. you, you know, you're going to get forty five percent. It's going to pass some kind of uh, blockbuster test, and this starred Tom Cruise. And it mm-hmm. had Jake Gyllenhaal as the Jim Sturgis guy. Sure. And the trailer is this trailer, and it's got Tom Cruise running around. And you're like, well, that could be okay. Mm-hmm. You, it, maybe even then, it wouldn't be DOA as far as looking at the right. uh, yeah. thing. I mean, and release just, it in March. Yeah. Like, there's no business being out in October. It, it, this movie, it, it reeks of a movie that should have come out 
seven years ago, but had too many problems, and they're just throwing it again. This is Seventh Son. This is Jeff Bridges. Sure, yeah. And Julianne Moore in a weird Lord of the Rings ripoff movie (laughs) being thrown out in the middle of the season. Um this was this was horrifically bad. The the science doesn't make sense. We go all day about just how this doesn't make any ounce of sense logically. Uh, but um, it just offends me that it, it it exists. And they spent a hundred million dollars. Speaking of a ghost story, right, Brian? Mm-hmm. You could have made a hundred ghost story movies <laughs> with this movie yeah. with the budget of this. I mean, two hundred mm-hmm. movies of that size. With the budget of this, you know, you could hire 200 independent filmmakers and say, everyone go make a movie. And I guarantee you 10 of them would have been better than this all day. You know, yeah. it's just so sad how money is just thrown around. Oh my gosh, I'm done. I'm done uh, for a while. I want to hear your your real thoughts on this. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. This is, it might, there, there are worse movies that I've seen in my life, um, which is, I've seen over 400 films, so uh, that's, that's tough. It's tough to compete, that's but no, lot. like this is to your point, kid. This is one of the I would guess this is one of the five or ten worst scripts I've ever seen put on screen. <laughs> it's it felt like this is like this maybe even be before your time, Ken. I I don't I don't really remember, um, but it's certainly before a time of like probably our our younger listeners. But like when I was. Probably my middle school years, especially, and and up until high school, maybe. So up until like the mid nineties, let's say, maybe maybe three to five times a year, the networks, NBC and ABC, and usually and Fox, all CBS occasionally, they would do these made for TV movies that. Um, they all felt like made for TV movies and it doesn't really happen anymore because there's so many different distribution channels and, uh, and studios and independent film and all this sort of stuff. You don't get the made for TV movie anymore, at least made for network TV movie. That's what this felt like, except so, so, so much worse. Like I just kept having flashbacks to all these really terrible movies that starred like Mario Van Peoples and stuff <laughs> that I watched as a kid that I can't Sharknado. even remember. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't even remember the title of those films. Um, and yet that, you know, they have this like place in my, in my brain of like, man, what the crap was that? And why did, why did as a family, did we all gather around the TV to watch this piece of garbage? But that's how it felt. Except again, if those were, um, completely devoid of of any kind of talent, like in any any way, shape, or form. It's it's just embarrassing. It's wor- this this is worse than like a sci fi film. Like Sharknado sounds awesome compared to Geostorm because I've seen probably a Sharknado, maybe a Sharknado and a half. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched one from start to finish because I don't care for that kind of. I know some people like really enjoy watching bad movies and stuff. I'm just not. That's not my my thing. Um. But at the very least, Sharknado understands what it is, right? Like it has an identity and it knows that this is idiocy and we're just going to kind of lean into the, the foolishness of this. Geostorm, do you think anybody involved in this cast knew that this is a terrible movie? Because I don't. I think they all felt like – I think Gerard Butler goes into work every day thinking he's about to pop out the next Citizen Kane. It's just, it's amazing to me. I can't believe it. Yeah, The amount of crap that guy puts yeah. on – on film and you know what's weird i don't think he i don't think he's completely devoid of talent i think i've seen him do some things that are they're not bad um but he 
for well, I know for what reason because he gets paid way more money. But he has chosen a life where he does really, really terrible action films, and for some reason, and very bad romantic comedies too. Um, for some reason, we keep giving him roles. I don't get it. I don't understand how he hasn't been. I don't understand how Nicolas Cage can only get straight to DVD movies now, but Gerard Butler still right. has a career. Right. I don't. I don't understand. I don't know how this works. Um, does he like know where some bodies are buried or something? Is he maybe he's just like the nicest guy in the world or something? I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he keeps getting movies and it doesn't make any sense to me. He, I don't think he ever has a clue that he's making garbage. And Jim Sturgis sucks. Jim Sturgis is such a worthless actor. He's and and Abby Cornish is kind of like the the female Jim Sturgis. Like he just doesn't. None of these people bring anything to the set. Ed Harris is the only person in this cast, including Andy Garcia, who um who I feel like. You're better than this. Everybody else is not. They are absolutely – they got exactly what they signed up for, but I don't think they know that. But, um, man, it was – at the very least, this should have been stupid fun. And we – I feel like – I don't want to get on the soapbox here, but I, I feel like we as a group, as a, as a movie-watching podcast, movie-review podcast, I feel like we try really hard to straddle the line between we're going to talk about things critically and give an honest review and all that stuff. But I think all three of us are very capable of, quote-unquote, turning off our brains and having fun with a movie. But I've said this before, and I'm sure that we'll have occasion to say it again, but like the movie has to give me enough of a reason to turn my brain off to for that to happen you know like yeah. the, the deal been, is it, it relies so much on exposition oh my that gosh you, that you are, yes you, you can't you can't you can't you can't, you can't turn your brain off because you have you, to pay attention it's to the exactly entire right. movie that's exactly right the deal is that people don't see what what i think people miss when it comes to a movie like this and certainly was missed in the production of this movie when you set out to make turn off your brain entertainment you actually have to write it really really smart you have to use your brain a lot to make sure that it can be a movie where i can turn off my brain and where the mass audiences can turn off their brains and and have fun with it i don't care that the science doesn't make sense i don't care that this is all cgi and 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 low on plot like all these sorts of things that's fine with me um i can enjoy that if you will give me a way to get there you know if you will if you will lay down the the framework or build the bridge to allow me to do that then i'm in but when every step of the way is filled with filled with exposition that makes no sense um that's basically like scientific jargon on top of just (laughs) just general buffoonery i mean it's just it's unbelievable how stupid it is the fact that they thought they needed that misexposition is what's so mm-hmm. confusing. Yeah, it's an Guys, hour before we're, the we're geostorm starts. We're going into a movie yeah. called Geostorm. Yeah, an hour. We, we an don't hour. need yeah. explanations <laughs> of what it is and how it happens yeah. and and why how it can be turned turned around and what the consequence. We, okay, all we need to know is that storms are happening, and we and and how do we make them stop? That's it. Uh, there's so much. There's a whole character who's dedicated to. Um, well, oh, if, if this happens and, and we don't, we don't stop this by this time, a geostorm will happen. What's a geostorm? A geostorm is when all the satellites come together and then they form this big storm. And then if that is like this, that whole character's purpose was to tell us what it was. And we're an hour again into the movie. Right. We're just yeah. stop. Just and if a movie 
is pitching that they have big action, big thrills. Um, this is high on um, scale. It's high on, uh, I guess, production value. Then at least have scenes that your movie can revolve around those scenes. The the uh, actual action scenes and the storms themselves were so sparsely thrown right. throughout this, uh-huh. and they're yeah. so intermittent, and they last for a minute and a half, if that that there's never any big tentpole action scenes in the movie that um, wow you, sadly. Um, right. And for a movie that spent $150 million, it, the movie looks awful. It's some of the worst CG I've ever seen. Uh, how yeah, is that seriously. possible? Yeah, how do you spend that much and have it look that bad? Unless it's just the people judging it have that poor taste. That's the only thing I can say. It's like, hey, uh, you know when the water is receding at the end of the movie? And it looks like you're just reversing a shot of pouring water right, onto right. A, onto yeah. a poor like uh, clay model of a city. It looked so bad. I mean, awful, awful. It, it was. It That's was all you had to hang your hat yeah, on, too, yeah, is the effects. This, yeah, like, exactly. This is an effects-driven gosh. film. At least deliver on that. At least at the end of the day, let let me leave and say, you know what? Uh, the plot wasn't there. Uh, didn't care about the characters, but but my God, I was yeah. blown away. You yeah. know, like I did for. I don't even know atomic blonde or something like that. Like, mm. I don't, I don't remember what that movie's about, but at the end of the day, <laughs> the movie, what it set out to do was have action scenes that blew your mind. And it did that. And if, if this, all this movie was, was big, awesome disasters like independence day. Uh, you, you see the, the spaceship blow up the white house and you remember that you're like, wow, that was awesome. And, um, this didn't have any of those. It takes itself way too serious. It's not a, ounce of humor in it it tries to be funny there's lines about uh you don't try it uh, i mean you try it at once without thinking about the consequences later like chipotle like stupid <laughs> yeah. stuff like oh that. my gosh like, yeah like, millennial jokes oh, things just, like that oh, it's just just cringe just, humor like throughout yeah it none <sighs> of it landed um i i honestly said that uh about an hour and 15 20 minutes in i was thinking to myself oh my gosh i haven't heard one laugh this entire screening from mm-hmm. anyone in the theater. And I just said, occurred to me, why hasn't this had any comedy in it? Like these, yeah. this is a movie that begs for a stupid character, at least to th- at least hurt himself or something to, to throw some kind of comedy. <sighs> right. In it. It takes itself right. too serious with the daughter and with the plot line with Jim Sturgis as his uncle's <laughs> brother's father's son. Something. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know who was, yeah, what the relationship it, it's was. It's just so oh, earnest. God. It's yeah. so earnest in the characters and that this movie does not call for earnesty. Like it's just <laughs> come on. Earnestness. Did I say earnest? Whatever, man. I don't, it made me dumber. Sorry. I can't, I don't, I can't think. But yeah, it's, it's, what are we doing? Abby Cornish is like, I mean, yeah. if you watch, it seems like she thinks that she's in. She's in the Secret Service, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Secret Service agent Abby Cornish, I think you Secret say. Service, but she's just, she's, <laughs> she's wearing, she's, she's wearing like heels and a pico. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't, man. But yes, yeah, so like Abby Cornish, it seems like she really thought this is the movie that's going to make her, this is going to get her her Oscar if she just does this seriously you know she's just super committed to this and i i'm sorry abby you just you're not a good actress and this is a bad movie and i don't know what to i don't know what to tell you and that's on top of of sturgisness everywhere i just gosh we gotta stop i don't ever want to see i thought we were done i haven't I 
seen him in a movie in a long time. I'm looking at his his, uh, filmography. Cloud Atlas was the last thing he did (sighs) that was like big scale out there. We got to get back to that. That was five years ago. We got to get back to that. We can't put him in movies anymore. He's so he is so awful. I I never I he's never Hayden Christensen. Him. That's who he is. He is. He's well. He might be even worse. His, his he's got like dead shark eyes that stress me out. Too. <laughs> like I just I just can't. I don't dead ever want to see eyes. him in a movie. Don't ever want to see him. In a movie. He tries so, so hard in this movie. That's oh my gosh! So sad. Yeah. Everybody is trying so hard. Right. Like they couldn't read the script and say, all right, this is going to suck. I'm just going to mm-hmm. come like, yeah, I, nobody even tried to mill it in. That's it, no. it's so sad that Jim Sturgis yeah. is like crying in this movie. <laughs> I'm just a geostorm, Jim. What the hell? Like, what are you trying to do here? Honestly. I know. I, I know. And, and <laughs> can we talk? I don't care about spoiling. I hope no one, no, I hope no one no. sees this movie. This is not like Jupiter way, ascending where I was like, please everybody too. go see the movie so we can talk about how bad it is. But no, this doesn't even have, yeah, it doesn't have the decency to be that kind of bad. Um, the plotting, <laughs> I very loosely use that term. It, the, there are about 150 million plot holes <laughs> within this movie. Yeah. And so many things where, where they like i think somebody are in the process knew well this isn't this doesn't make any sense so we're just we're literally just going to skip it and pretend like nobody even notices like case in point to me was at the end when um (laughs) when uh when ed harris's crony uses an rpg to blow up a car that was supposedly driving the president of the united states and then out of nowhere like how did they pull this off they're in an open field so it's not like they could have snuck up on them but somehow they do uh abby cornish just like grabs ed harris and and now they're kind of you know having the back and forth banter and ed harris oh man he looks at the car and then he looks back at at andy garcia the president of the united states of america obviously and back at the car and back at the president and then he goes how like how did you work out this uh <laughs> this this self-driving car bit that doesn't exist like this technology doesn't exist yeah. and he and 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 andy garcia goes how well, i'm the president of the united <laughs> states of america that's how what is what does that mean so the president like when you come into office yeah. you're like oh by the way we've got self-driving cars we just don't tell the public it was like, a taxi it was. It, it was a, it was it a taxi. A, it wasn't even like an Air Force One vehicle or I know. something. It was just a taxi they found in the street. It was the most Agent Michael Scarn thing I have yeah. ever seen in a movie. It was, and there was ten things like that that happened. Yeah, there was a couple things that happened where honestly, I was like, did I? Did because <laughs> there was no one. Else. There was two other people in my theater. It was like, was I texting during that part and just completely missed a plot point, or did they just pretend like that didn't? And I started to like kind of going back through, like, nope, they just skipped over plot points. They just said, well, this doesn't work. We're just going to stitch it together. That's that's unbelievable. I can't believe that that happened. You know? Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Gosh, it's mind blowing to think about. Um, as far as. I mean, th- this movie was trying to be 20 movies. It was trying to be mm-hmm. Armageddon. Yeah. Um, with the kissing the daughter goodbye and the whole, um, oh, him sacrificing so... himself for everybody, yeah. just like yeah. Armageddon. That whole scene is the mm-hmm. same with, but it's instead of Liv yeah. Tyler and Bruce Willis, it's Sturgis and Gerard <laughs> Butler. He's like, why are we watching this? Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and that happens. And what I think happened here too is if you look at the poster, 
it, it's Gerard Butler holding the daughter in front of this huge <laughs> wave, which doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah, doesn't um, happen. Yeah. The actual movie opens with narration of a girl, a little right. girl, talking right. about the geostorm came and the, all the governments came together and built the satellites so that we could have. So they've already told us what the geostorms are. And what the satellites do, but then they spend the next hour doing expositioning the whole thing, yeah. telling us what it is still, even though they did the exposition in the beginning to tell us what – anyway, so she's doing the narration. <laughs> um, she's in the movie for maybe three and a half minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the but, most important three and, and a half yeah, minutes. Yeah, but, but it's the important parts at the end of the movie, right? And um, and then she's like, and the geostorm happened because of my dad. And like <laughs> this whole big moment – um, what I think happened was this movie was Jim Sturgis and Gerard Butler and that little girl, and it was awful. And they said, well, let me make a few calls. I know a guy at a control room set down there named Ed Harris that, uh, luckily we could actually set it inside the film there. Room. Yeah. We could yeah, save a little so money. Yeah. The actual first scene we see Ed Harris in, in the movie, they're in like mission control of the government. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is very convenient for Ed. Just came right to his house and shot these scenes. So that's what I think happened is, uh, the movie tested so poorly. They tried to spin this somehow into some kind of alternate plot. Yeah. So this yeah. whole president trying to be the president thing, um, with Ed Harris and Andy Garcia is what they came up with and uh, they spun everything else around. And, um, that's why the daughter's not really in it at all, but she still kind of is. And, Mm -hmm. um, why was she, if she's in the movie for three and a half minutes, why was she important enough to do the narration and to have at the climax of the movie at the, that's, that's what I don't understand. And why is she on the post? It makes sense. Cut her out. Yeah. yeah, Cut. Yeah. Just, just done. Yeah, um, make this make this seventy five minutes. Like, let's get this done quick as we can. It's, there's no point. Some of these bad lines. I mean, oh my gosh, there's dude. one where so so these satellites have malfunction, right? They've been hacked. I'm not even going to go into the um, like I said, the logistics of it all yeah, because, can, like you bef- said, I can I can I can forgive <laughs> that stuff. If okay, yes, I before you get part, into the lines, let me. Mm-hmm. This is I, I, this is a serious question. You may not be able to answer. Maybe one of maybe one of the three people who saw this movie can answer. Is yeah. is this supposed to be present day? Like I don't. 2019. Okay, I guess so I it's, missed it's, that. It's a so in two of five years, years, five okay. years from 2014 when they started okay. making this. I guess. So so in five years, in five years, we built a weather control system mm-hmm. yep. that goes yeah. completely around around the Earth because like. There's a restaurant by my house that used to be a Bennigan's that's getting turned into a sushi place, and it's been under construction for three years. So I don't know that that's logistically possible. But also, the thing that killed me, even beyond that, was like there's been (laughs) zero technological advances in the five years since 2014, since this began. So in their version of of 2019, literally the only thing that has changed is – that we have a weather system built around we we've somehow figured out the technology to build the weather system around the entire globe and also some people have these weird pop out phone screen things that's it like everything else is the exact same 
but we can definitely yeah. build a global defense. I don't, I don't weather see your. I don't see your point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Good. I, just I want to make sure. All right. Cool. Yeah, they, cool. They built. They built satellites. Yeah, I mean, okay. All right. I got like, you. All right. So you're I, saying I, setting this I movie the in 2025 might have been better. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been a good idea. Yeah. Uh, or no, there's no point in it being in or, 2019. Okay. Or gotcha, once gotcha. you get All to right. this foolishness, like clearly this has been cut up and pieced together. Can't you do one line of narration where you basically make it alternative history? Couldn't you just be like. In 1992, we became aware of climate change, and then we changed everything and got to work on the global – I mean like – I mean that's 12 seconds of writing that I just did. That's better than anything in the movie. Couldn't you have done that? I know. Global warming happens. It was there. It was – exactly. It was already there. So why not just take it one step further to make – even one thing makes sense-ish, sort of, within the movie. I, anyway, bo- yeah. anyway, you've got lines. I'm, I'm excited because yeah. – Well, first of all, the movie kicks off with a bang with that little exposition montage thing. And then we fast forward to Gerard Butler's in court. And my and dad. he's in court. And he's texting with Jim Sturgis, and they're texting, and they're texting. I don't understand what courtroom lets you testify in front of the Senate with a cell phone in your hand and texting. And that was a horrible way to intro the intro the movie. Uh, I was wanting to leave at that point, but then um, we get a frozen Afghanistan, which looked. Like Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin, <laughs> like his lair, fro- everybody's yeah. frozen. Um, this makes no s- – how is it – even if you have a ray gun, right, a satellite that <laughs> that can shoot rays of fire or rays of ice or whatever it is, once mm-hmm. the ice hits the ground, it's going to melt. The sun exists <laughs> still, people. We're not blocking out the entire sun here. I don't <laughs> – how – I'm sorry. They don't, put <laughs> bubbles around, they don't put bubbles around these places. I don't yeah. understand how you 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 create Antarctica in the middle of a in the right before well, that they go. Gosh, it's 140 degrees out here, <laughs> and then they walk into ice. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't away. understand science, Ken. I That's all. I guess yeah. I don't. That's the problem. That is that must be the problem. That's why I didn't like this movie. I don't understand science. That is you it. are notoriously against science, from what I understand. Yeah. And then the guy, the exposition guy. In Hong Kong, be more specific. Is, oh yeah, okay, that is one, yeah. driving around the smart car like away from lava and doing all this crazy um, driving and getting away from everything, of course. But um, so the only reason he exists for exposition, we he ends up um, not around much longer. Uh, we then fast forward to the um, the Dutch boy. You like the name, <sighs> the Dutch boy? It's a ter- I, what are we doing there? It took the- me about ten times of them saying it. For me to be sure that they were, in fact, they had named it the Dutch, Dutch boy. I, I was like, I, surely I I'm misunderstanding this. I thought they had named it Dutch babies. That would be better. Pancake house. Yeah. Like yeah. that's my yeah. favorite kind of pancake. Dutch babies. <laughs> A plus. Um, yeah, I love this movie now. Old South. <laughs> See you there after the show. Um, mm, my favorite. It is um, Dutch boy. So they had to keep calling it that. Why couldn't they just call it the Geostorm machine or? <laughs> Geostorm 2 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Geostorm what? Preventer, something like that. I don't right. know. Anything would have been nice. I like that when the meltdown is happening and every, that the 
that they had <laughs> that they had built into the protocols of this machine the word geostorm because the the, the <laughs> computer's like geostorm warning <laughs> yeah. geostorm warning like that's not really a word I don't oh, understand it, man how, they but, they throw anyway. they throw the cliches at you <laughs> one hour and thirty four minutes yeah. until geostorm yeah. <laughs> my by the way apparently the world can be destroyed immensely before the geostorm happens which mm-hmm. kind yeah of defeats yeah. the purpose of the geostorm guys mm-hmm. yeah. um why are millions of people dying before the yeah. geostorm are we not mm-hmm. trying to prevent anything you know with armageddon right. it was a very simple movie okay <laughs> yeah uh-huh. asteroids gonna hit the earth keep asteroid from hitting earth and then we're, everybody's fine right right it's not like keep asteroid from hitting earth meanwhile earth gets destroyed by 750 mm-hmm. other yeah. asteroids um, yeah. we're not, My, at the end of the day, you didn't save anybody, even if you right, stopped the right. geostorm from happening. It's your right. stupid satellite system that killed the entire earth and destroyed. Yeah, this is not an act of God. People. Right. Yeah, you, you is, did it. You did it. It was you. Yeah. You're dumb. Yeah. Uh, uh, my favorite yeah. part of that, that whole bit of like, people are dying everywhere. <laughs> At the <laughs> we got to stop this. At the like, end, when uh, when uh, Gerard Butler is is Bruce Willising himself, and he's like trying to input all the stuff, like they're they're cutting back and forth between him on the station and people on Earth dying in horrible, terrible, tragic ways. And they went out of their way to have a bit where he like types in the wrong code. Like, yeah. we're gonna lose a, a minute here, so maybe six hundred thousand people died on the Earth. But it was funny, so it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. totally worth it. I just, I could not believe that. Well, I could. By that point, I I could believe at that point. But oh, uh, my gosh. It, was, it was a nice little comedic, <laughs> comedic background there. These are the things. This was the the. I mean, there's lines are just terrible throughout. But this was one where I had to stop down and, like, with my pen, write down word for word what the what the lines were. <laughs> I'm going to repeat this, okay? So we then fast forward to space, and the uh, satellite that caused the giant Hong Kong explosion is being um, uh, repaired, right? They're going to find out why this malfunctioned the way it did. So they show the space station. This giant arm comes out to grab the satellite, and it says... Hong Kong satellite inbound for examination. And then in what I'm not kidding you. The it cuts to immediately a scientist walking in a room and says this line, let's examine this satellite and see what happened in Hong Kong. <laughs> you just said Hong Kong satellite inbound for examination. Yeah. yeah. Let's examine this satellite that. and see what yeah. happened in Hong Kong. You're saying the same thing two times in a row. That's bad writing. I'm sorry. Yeah. I yeah. almost left. I, I that's why I said to you and Richard uh, before today. I said <laughs> if you guys make it through the movie, yeah. I will be floored because sh- th- that almost did it for me. I was like, I yeah, can't. we should, should have gotten a medal or something. I like not not fall not long after that. Um, okay, so to set the scene, because again, no one saw this movie. We're the only people. Uh, Gerard Butler created this global weather system that literally i mean literally it there's a there's a network above the earth a network of machinery and satellites and stuff above the earth he created it he runs the team he's never explained how he created it. yeah that's okay that's that's beside the point how do you make this it's beside the person that was me i did it yeah he he did it he's really good he's really good at he's good at space welding um (laughs) but so okay So, so he did that he's um he created this whole thing. Then he goes to the headquarters of said space 
weather defense. I don't know, whatever you would call it. The the uh, the the Dutch boy. Okay, he goes to the <laughs> HQ where everybody who who works here they're in space. They are in space, so it is safe to assume that everyone who works here is very familiar with this program. It's it's pretty. I mean, that's their job. He walks into a room where he is meeting with the six, like his team, like the most important people on the station, or these six people that are in this room that he's going to be working with. None of them know who he is. None of them recognize him. And they're all, and it, they make a big deal out of like, whoa, you're the Jake Lawson? And he's like, guys, do y'all not have the internet? It, it, in 2019, is there not, like, I use iPhones every day. I know what Tim Cook looks like. Like, this is not, yeah. uh, you know, I know who Steve Jobs is. I, and that's not my job. There's no, maybe if he was in like yeah. a foreign, I don't know, if he's like in. <laughs> Uh, in Afghanistan or something and is just in, encountering someone who doesn't have access to the maybe we can pull that off but when we are led to believe that these are the most important people on this space station basically and they don't know who this guy is like what what's why what's the point of that how do we get how does that scene yeah. get through 40 phases of writing and production on a movie without somebody saying hey this is stupid it's dumb that they don't know who this person is I don't. I don't know, Brian. Uh, <laughs> the answer is probably no one cared. Yeah, that's they just that's wrote the check. Point. They didn't. They didn't. I don't know. Did you like when the Australian guy just becomes the bad guy out of out of nowhere? Right. That was that was interesting. That was a weird yeah. weird maneuver. I didn't yeah. see. Really caught me off guard there. I didn't see that one coming. So you got you got me there, Dean Devlin. I mean, the whole the ending with the. <laughs> The Apollo 13 ending where they're like yeah. waiting for the uh-huh. capsule yeah. to come down. And it's just the, I mean, there's oh, <laughs> a lot of head scratching and shaking our heads. When the storms yeah. stop is just so bad. It's mm-hmm. it's like the, mm-hmm. the plane crashing in Air Force One. It's like, wow, yeah. That, yeah. that ruins literally everything that just came before <laughs> it. You know, even though you've been waiting for it the entire movie. It's like, it's so bad that, it, oh. And the little kid reunited with the dog, and like, what? Oh Why my should gosh. we care about this kid and this dog? I know. What? Ugh. Oh, Dean. Dean. <laughs> stop. Stop. This is like his stop first movie doing, to Dean. direct, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. At least, I don't know, man. I just don't get it. I don't know what we're doing here. Right. But I did get to unfriend somebody on Facebook because I had a Facebook friend who put up the Geostorm that going to Geostorm today or yesterday or whatever was the was a great decision and I was like immediately was like unfriend you know we're what? done. There's a world, <laughs> Brian, and you're familiar with this of people that paid. By the way, total uh, this movie was released in real D three D, so there yeah. is people out there. Uh, on the West Coast and East Coast specifically, who paid as much as twenty dollars to see this movie <laughs> in three D in a in a big theater? Uh, I want to know who those people are. I think I don't. I think I don't. Movie Pass, by the way. <laughs> so I, at least I could see this, knowing that I didn't pull any money directly out of my pocket and throw it at yeah. people who made this because they don't deserve money. This movie has made already sixty million dollars. It doesn't deserve that. I'm shocked it made that. It deserves $60. <laughs> <laughs> Good 
free. Yeah, this this was the thing. This was the movie that drove me to. I need to join Movie Pass quickly because I paid money to see this for the podcast, <laughs> and and I paid to see. I had to go see it in XD because the time oh. only worked where I could go to the XD screening. So it was still early in the day, and it was so it only cost me like eight bucks instead of four fifty or something. But uh, you know that's. That's still eight bucks that I spent on Geostorm. That's part of my my uh, my financial footprint now. Like people, if someone were to hack into my account, they'd be like, "Dude, this guy spent eight dollars on Geostorm. He deserves to lose all of his money." I mean, it's it's terrible. It's a terrible decision. Gosh, the guy that they they brought in to clean up the script, Paul Guyot, mm. he's known for producing. <laughs> This seems like a joke. It's not. <laughs> Producing three episodes of NCIS New Orleans. Oh, and, the better NCIS. Yeah. And writing the hit television show, The Librarians, from 2014 <laughs> to 2015. Awesome. So it's like, man, who do we call yeah. in times like these? Hey, I know this guy. Yeah. Did a little show called The Librarians. You might have mm-hmm. heard of it. Dean Devlin uh, is the director of several of several librarians. So is, there okay, you go. There you go. Oh, There's gotta the call my guy. Yeah, because <laughs> the librarians. I only, I only work with this guy. To, yeah. I'm pretty sure the librarians is a yeah. now you see me mm-hmm. um, rip off show because yeah. look at the poster. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's the eye on the cover of the yeah. librarians. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, look um, when when you. <laughs> Dean Devlin and, and Paul Gayo, they are the I, I know them as the Simon and Garfunkel of <laughs> right. T V movies. So you can't you can't tear up that that group, you know. You gotta keep them together. Yeah. Dean Devlin is definitely Paul Simon and Guy <laughs> Art Garfunkel. <laughs> Dean. Congrats. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know. All right. Um I think I might be done talking yeah. about this. Yeah, this though, is it's enough. Yeah. Um <laughs> talked about the Apollo 13 stuff. I don't I don't know, Brian. I don't Dude, know anymore. It's a train wreck. It's a train I'm confused by this. So I'm looking through as we talk, I'm looking through Dean Devlin's uh filmography, if you will. Yeah. He has a TV movie. I don't understand how this works. He has a TV movie from 2013 starring Scott, Scott Bakula and Gina Davis, so you know it's good, but um it's just called Untitled Bounty Hunter Project, but it's from 2013. I don't. How does that work? Did it just like it's just sitting yeah, in a it's still in a, on a warehouse somewhere? Like I want to find that. That's that's the movie I want to do next week. Is so there's there's got to be a list somewhere of oh, movies yeah. that have been shot that are in the can that star like I would, pretty decent actors. Yeah, I would that are kill just being to watch around movies. Hollywood. I would yeah. kill to see that list. Yeah, same. And here. to just kind of like find out which ones come out. Right. Uh, so this was the actual release calendar for this. So it was supposed to be released March 15th, 2016. However, in 2014, they canceled that release date and, placed it, and replaced it with Batman v Superman. So that was the March 2016 date. Okay. Um, so then in December of 2014, they shifted uh, the Jungle Book that was supposed to come out in October of 2016, switched out with Geostorm. So in September of 2015, this is not confusing at all, uh, <laughs> the studio moved it back again to release date of January 13th, and then it was rescheduled again uh, to October uh, during Kong Skull Island is when they released that, mm. when they released the trailer. So they, they it was, was supposed to come out actually this year in January, and it didn't, um, so they pushed That would have been again. better. Jerry yeah. Bruckheimer was brought, brought in to oversee the reshoots, and so great 
Way to earn your paycheck, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Good job. God, I wonder what this movie was before that. I, I know. I, I want to see that. I want to see that. I mean, I do and I don't, you know. From a from a mental health standpoint, I don't want to see that movie. From a curiosity standpoint, I really want to know. I really when a movie is this bad, I want any and you know that it has like this kind of crazy production schedule. I want to know if it's this bad when it actually got released, what in the world did it look like beforehand? That's my curiosity really could get the best of me there. I'm I'm glad honestly I'm glad that I don't have a job where I have access. To, I said I want it, but I could spend hours and hours watching these movies and it would be a pretty dark depressing place just trying to figure out what's happening here. So the reshoots um were 2 weeks long and they cost 15 million dollars. How That's do you good. spend 15 million dollars in 2 weeks on reshoots? You know, I don't yeah. understand that. That's no. that is definitely uh that's that's pouring bad money after Sort of good, I guess. Yeah, that's that's a bad idea. Can't do that. You can't how do, do you, it. How do you go to sleep at night, being the the producer that wrote the check? Yeah, we just spent four million dollars today on Geostorm reshoots. Oh my gosh, just what's, today. You know what like, studio what you is this? I don't, I don't even know. It was uh, Warner Brothers. Of it course. was it was actually passed around. It was, it was supposed oh to be Paramount. It was it was Skydance. <laughs> um, but Warner Brothers produced. It was supposed to be Paramount, but the Warner Brothers ended up taking it over. Has this opened in China yet? That's the big question because I could see it has not. So this seems like the type of movie that if you were smart about making a terrible movie like this, you would really gear it towards the Chinese audience. And (laughs) I don't know that 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 it did enough to make that happen because that's the only place where this movie could have ever made money is, is in overseas audiences. But anyway... Fun times, man. Fun times. And the Abu Dhabi guy and the, the, the like, uh, the, uh, skyscraper that's falling down and he's like balancing himself on the, and then the storm stops and he's like, oh, 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 you know, and it, the whole third act is like, wow, this is, it gets, the movie gets progressively worse and it yes. starts out with a scene of people texting in a courtroom. So, that should tell you what kind of ride you're in for with Geostorm. Um, <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to move on to grades. F A plus. Minus, oh, minus, minus, minus. <laughs> Patent pending. Brian. So so angry. I love it. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, it's, it's, uh, it's an F. It's an F. It's bottom whatever, two or three of the year for sure. And gonna be a, it's going to be a tough ch- – it's going to pose quite the challenge for such illustrious films as – uh, Transformers, The Last Night, and Baywatch, and so on and so forth. <laughs> wow. It's been a great year. <laughs> it's been a great year. Um, okay, Brian. Let's move on. Never talk about Geostorm again. Until the and end of the year. Sure. Do weekly recommends. Boom. Weekly recommends. Okay, Brian, go ahead. I'm going to recommend a documentary that I believe you can probably still find on the TV networks, even if you're not – if it's not in your city. It's called Let's Play 2. It is about Pearl Jam and the Chicago Cubs last year. uh, Pearl Jam did a a two-night set in Wrigley Field, and uh, this director, Danny Clinch, who is really pretty interesting. I follow him on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. He's got a lot of great – uh, pictures and videos and stuff that he's done over the years, but uh, he he cut together this documentary to kind of coincide between uh, 
Pearl Jam playing twice at Wrigley and the Cubs winning the World Series last year. And so it's really cool. Eddie Vedder, if you don't know, if you're not into Pearl Jam, I still think you could really enjoy this documentary um, because it's it's a little less like Pearl Jam history as like PJ20 that Cameron Crowe did is great. It's a that's probably a better documentary and definitely better as far as like Pearl Jam information goes. But um, as just a random viewer watching a movie, uh, this one I think might be a little more interesting. But Danny did a great job of of cutting the two things together. Eddie Vedder is a huge Cubs fan. He was uh, from from Chicago growing up and. Um, so he's been a lifelong Cubs fan. And, and so just getting to kind of see his interaction with the club and, uh, and then, you know, their crazy awesome run last year, it's, it's really well done. It's really well edited. Um, it gives you a good taste, I think of like the city of Chicago, which is a great city. And then just, you know, the history of the Cubs in a very brief form. And then the connection between Vetter and the Cubs and the city and all that sort of stuff. And it, it culminates really well with, cut back and forth between concert footage and uh footage of of uh, the final game or two of, of the cubs world series run and it's man it's it's awesome and so uh it's been in theaters i don't think it ever came here to dallas but it may be in your city so check that out or i watched it on fs1 it was on the f the uh fox sports go app so if you have pretty much any cable provider or access to someone else's cable subscription, uh, you can go on there and I think you can find it and check it out. And it's it's definitely worth your time and, and a lot of fun. Kent, you'll you'll love it. I know you're a Pearl Jam guy. Uh, you should definitely check that one out. But uh, I think I think anybody, like I said, even if you're not a big Pearl Jam fan, I think it's uh, I think it's worth watching. People could could draw some uh, some enjoyment out of it for sure. That's neat. I'm ready for them to just do a new album. Like yeah, same I'm here. Just doing like same documentaries here. and live albums and just do mu- new music. They hadn't released an album in four years now yeah lightning bolt was 2013 maybe yeah i think that's right man yeah releasing but they do that they do that they're excited for their next album because it's going to be very always a little different (laughs) yeah yeah definitely for sure always a little different takes a little time for them to figure out what the you know the sound of the album is going to be so i'm i'm excited too but they take they take long stretches between albums consistently so um you know i'm excited to see what they're going to do next but you know, maybe ne- and maybe next time they'll come back here. It had been so we went to see Pearl Jam together, which was awesome. One of my favorite shows I've ever been to, uh, and it had been like twelve years since they'd been in Dallas. So hopefully that uh, they'll surprise, come back. Around. Surprise! I guess their their the target audience they're trying to reach with that Brian isn't their fans because they they release every show they've ever done on bootleg album. Mm. So it's not like there's a shortage of Pearl Jam live albums out there. Is my point. Um, sure. what's the motivation to do this other than is it, is, is that special of a thing or it's just, kind yeah, of a man, I, I just think, I think it was playing Wrigley, which is really cool. Like that's gotta be, that was some place. That's a place I would have loved to have seen up, you know, a band at cause Wrigley is just such a cool venue. Um, and they don't have a lot of, I don't think historically they have not had a lot of concerts there, but really, so yes, it's, it's partly that it's just the live show, but I think as much as anything, it was, I've already filmed this stuff now, um, you know, turns out the Cubs won the world series and that's, that was the, you know, the biggest sports just nationally speaking. That's one of the biggest sports stories of the last decade plus. And so when you have that connection between those two things, I, it made for a really good documentary. Um, and I think it was, I mean, for me, it was cool seeing Eddie be excited about, uh, this sort of thing. And it's fun too, honestly, like it's, it's fun to see, 
the evolution of these guys and like where they're at now. Cause they're all, I mean, you know, Eddie's like, I don't know, he's mid fifties. I mean, he's old. And so it's, uh, seeing that kind of, they, they had some footage from the first time they played Chicago back in the early, early nineties. And, then cut that with uh, with what they did. It, it's it's really interesting. I I think you'll definitely like it. But like I said, I think anybody could could watch it as just a documentary, even if you're not a big Pearl Jam or big sports guy. I think it's 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 really well done and well shot. Awesome, cool. Well, I'm gonna recommend a uh, stand up special on Netflix that uh, I don't know if you've seen. Richard's seen it. Um, it's Patton Oswalt's new stand up special mm-hmm. called Annihilation. Haven't seen um, it yet. Um. Patton Oswalt's a great stand-up, obviously very funny guy, very funny uh, writer, very funny on Twitter, things like that. Um, so it's good to see him returning to stand-up and, and to be doing that. Um, he lost his wife of many years uh, last year, I believe it was, um, and uh, has a daughter, had a daughter with her and still has the daughter, of course, but now he became, you know, obviously a single parent and... Um, I would say probably the first 20 minutes of the stand-up special is him just um, just riffing on Trump for 20 minutes and then doing <laughs> some Patton Oswalt humor. Um, and then the last 20 to 30 minutes is him talking about that experience of losing Gosh. his wife and how he has to be – how he told his daughter and that whole situation. I mean it's told in his – from his perspective, so it's lighthearted and everything, but I mean it's serious – He's talking about his life, so I didn't expect that. I'm just warning you that that going in. Um, not to say it's not good, and um, he does sure. a great job with it, but um, it gets pretty heavy towards the end. Um, so uh, if you like Patton Oswalt and you're familiar with him and uh, you want to hear more about that story, it's worth checking out. There's some funny stuff on there. It's on Netflix, Annihilation. Uh, it's good stuff. I love I love what Netflix is doing with, with all these stand-ups. You know? Yeah, totally. All the top stand-ups, they're just all straight – Netflix exclusive now, you know, it's pretty mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you knew Brian, that Louis CK has his own app that I didn't know about. And I actually huh. downloaded it from my Apple TV where it's, it's called Louis CK and you go to the app and it has all his specials on there and all his stuff on there. And you can buy all his specials straight from the app and view them on there. It's like his own Netflix like product. Oh, like, nice. That's really smart for a comedian to do that and have like kind of a hub for all their, stuff that they do because you know i guess you can get um if you're not careful about it your stuff could be everywhere like one special would be on amazon and then another mm-hmm, special is on mm-hmm. another service and you got you got to have kind of control of of your um of your source of your intellectual property really you know and uh that's what seinfeld is doing he's he's bringing his entire other than this tv show seinfeld he's bringing his entire comedians and cars catalog along with his stand-up specials all to netflix so it's going to be the kind of like if you want seinfeld go to netflix kind of a thing um sure louis done that for himself with his own app i didn't know if you'd seen that or had heard any, about any uh-uh. other comedians That's doing crazy. that but i just thought that was a really good idea to kind of you know monetize yourself really mm-hmm. yeah he's always I mean, he's smart yep. on that stuff more than i think a lot of other people in general not just comedians like he's really i think he's really on the forefront of how um how to use technology in oh, man. that medium i remember it's, he it's, released um i think it's live at the beacon theater that mm-hmm. that um it was right around the time that radiohead did it within rainbows where they did the pay what you want 
album right. release where you pay, yeah. you can pay a cent or you can pay a hundred dollars for the album. Right. He did a thing where it was five bucks for the stand-up special. Yeah. And yeah. I was on his mailing list at the time. I remember he wrote like a personal email out to his whole mailing list. Like, Hey guys, this is Louie. And he wrote out an email of why he did it this way and said, click here to buy it. And like his servers crashed and he ended up selling like millions of those for five mm-hmm. bucks a hit. He made like $20 million in like one weekend or something crazy yeah, like he's that. Smart. Like all straight yeah. to his PayPal. Like it was like he set it up and everything. And all he did was hire two cameras to come shoot one of his shows, you know, and did that. And it was so smart, but I just thought like, now he's got an app, like, man, this guy, if he's not doing anything else right in his life, he's doing that right. As far as his controlling himself, uh, Mm -hmm. his brand and everything. Uh, It's crazy to say, did you ever see this, the, the Seinfeld uh, Netflix special? I haven't watched it yet. I've been all curb all the time. I just finished. And so that's, that's taken up most of my, and then the frigging pilots that were, That's our next episode. Just tease ahead for the next sometime this week. You're going to get TV pilots episode. So that's taking up a lot of time. And then, you know, a lot of uh, being depressed after watching those shows and stuff. So I haven't had time to catch up on. There's a bunch of uh, Netflix specials, especially that have been piling up. I haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. You haven't seen the new curb season, have you? No, I haven't. I just (sighs) finished finished season eight last night. Got to get you got to get on. You, you, should watch, we, you, should watch, up. you should watch the season, the first uh, three or four episodes of season nine tonight. And uh, just <laughs> all three in a row. I'm not kidding. It's, I want your thoughts. I want your thoughts. Um, but we, we will be doing an episode on Curb at the end of the season, I'm sure, to recap Richard's thoughts as well. Because Curb comes around once every eight years, it seems like. Right. So this might be the only time we have to talk about it. And we will do that. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, despite Richard not being here, I want to, I still want to hear what he thinks about Geostorm next time he's on, we'll have to get those thoughts. Um, but he had a family emergency tonight and wasn't able to make it. So all the best to him and his lovely family. But, uh, until next time, where can we find you, Brian online? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle 12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find our show, Online, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a nice five-star review if you like what you hear. And hit subscribe. Uh, We talk about movies every single week on the show. We talk about throwbacks over on the VIP feed sometimes, sometimes on here too as well. And uh, we're going to keep it coming probably for uh, the rest of eternity. So Mm -hmm. hope you don't mind. Uh, But until then, until next time, see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're calling again.